This podcast has been prepared exclusively for institutional, wholesale, professional clients, and qualified investors only, as defined by local laws and regulations. Please read other important information, which can be found on the link at the end of the podcast episode. Good morning. This is Michael Semblis with the July Eye on the Market podcast. Uh, I want to talk about two different food fights going on. The first one between the Fed and the chair of the Federal Reserve, and the second one, the food fight uh, regarding the issue of covenant light loans uh, in the leveraged loan market. Uh, On the Fed, I don't think there's too much here to say other than that it looks like uh, Powell, for a combination of legitimate economic reasons and bullying reasons from the president, it will be delivering either a 25 or 50 basis point uh, cut in July at a time of the lowest unemployment rate in 50 years. On the first page of the Eye on the Market, we have some sad and also humorous parallels between uh, the things that Trump is saying about Jerome Powell, Powell and uh, what Nick, Richard Nixon and his uh, team of evildoers did um, to Arthur Burns, the Fed chair in the early 1970s. Uh, we know what happened in the 70s. Burns caved in to many of Nixon's demands. Uh, the economy got a boost before the 1972 election, which Nixon won 49 states to one. But the excess demand they created caused a stagflation problem, which took a decade to resolve. Um, I don't know what's going to happen this time. I, fortunately for Powell, there are a lot of structural forces at work pushing down inflation that didn't exist in the 1970s. And we have some charts in here that look at deunionization, globalization, industrial robots, uh, internet transparency, and things like that. Uh, so I, I don't think that Powell's making an inflation mistake by easing, although he may be making an asset bubble mistake that we'll find out about later. Uh, I think the more important point is that uh, the, whatever easing the Fed delivers is coming at a time of pretty sharp slowdown of the global business cycle. There's a whole bunch of leading indicators that we look at on manufacturing, services, Japanese machine tool orders, and things like that. And uh, they're all pretty much sending the same signal. Uh, which is that we're expecting a period of much lower global GDP growth, lower U.S. corporate profits, um, lower positive sales surprises from U.S. companies and things like that. So uh, on the first couple of pages, we walk through that. Also show a slowdown in a real-time proxy for world trade volumes and things like that. So um, I, I don't think the world's heading into recession because of the resilience of the service sector in most countries. And that should be enough to prevent the kind of equity market route we had last December. But I do think uh, that in order to get another durable upswing in equities, we need a pretty decisive, positive upturn in some of these leading indicators. It's been a really good year for risk-taking, which has justified a uh, continued normal portfolio investment approach. But I just, after the July Fed meeting, I expect a period of flattish and volatile markets for a while. Because I think the market and economic benefits of further Fed easing are mostly exhausted. Um, But anyway, take a look. uh, And um, there are some interesting charts in here on some of the structural forces that are pushing down inflation over time that are giving the Fed some breathing room. The second food fight that's going on is a food fight that has two parts to it. uh, And it has to do with uh, covenant light leveraged loans. The first part of the food fight uh, is, is about the investors scrambling to buy them. They now represent 80% 80% of a growing $1.2 trillion U.S. leverage loan market. The more interesting food fight is between the people who think that they're a harbinger of doom for investors and those who don't. Uh, after looking at all the facts and circumstances and background, 
And uh, after a decade of easy monetary policy and very aggressive loan underwriting, I think you can make a very strong argument that in the next uh, recession, whenever that happens, and the Fed is certainly pushing it out, but when by put, you know delaying it by easing, but whenever that next recession happens, I think we're going to have materially lower loan recovery rates than we did last time. And so, if you are a loan investor, uh, if you don't understand what maintenance tests are, most favored nation provisions, mandatory prepayments from asset sales, negative covenant restrictions, restricted payment clauses, EBITDA adjustments, collateral leakage, uh, transfers to unrestricted subsidiaries, uh, the ability to add senior or priority debt, lien dilution, etc. Uh, if you don't know what those things are, you probably should, because those are the protections which for many years existed uh, to protect lenders from the things that uh, issuers, loan issuers and their legal counsel uh, would try to do to you. And uh, due to the aggressiveness of loan underwriting, which I think is a direct consequence of the Fed driving everybody crazy with zero policy rates, uh, the leveraged loan market has seen the broad set of collateral protections collapse for investors. And we have a chart in here that gets into detail on, um, on, on, a, on a quantitative and qualitative assessment of the loan covenants over time. And you can see just over the last seven years how sharply they've, they've worsened from the perspective of, of leveraged loan lenders. Um, there's even a discussion in here about how companies that are even, even companies in default or which have experienced an event of default can now make restricted payments, uh, pay junior debt that's subordinated to you or incur new debt. Uh, and so uh, that's, um, that's really a sign that some of the last bastions of creditor protections are fading away. And um, one of the things we talk about in detail here is this question of EBITDA addbacks. I mean, if you look at anything related to leverage, uh, which is the level of debt divided by EBITDA, which is a proxy for cash flow. Or you look at interest coverage, which is your EBITDA cash flow proxy divided by interest. A lot of those numbers don't look so bad. The problem is the underlying EBITDA cash flow measure itself is being artificially boosted and flattered, uh, in some cases pretty substantially, by these EBITDA addbacks, which refers to the practice of companies adding back non-recurring expenses and assumed synergies and cost savings and things like that to earnings. Um, according to S&P, around 30% of all deals use these addbacks, these addbacks, and sometimes they you know, increase your unadjusted EBITDA by 10 to 15% or more. And, and Moody's found some deals that allow these adjustments up to 20 to 30% of EBITDA and more. So the bottom line is that a lot of the statistics and measures that uh, were designed to protect investors uh, are now being eroded through this decline in the quality of covenants. So there's kind of a long discussion in here about about some of those things and um, uh, also about how financial sponsors are, are behaving. There are some examples of collateral stripping where uh, essentially you have financial sponsors transferring collateral beyond the reach of senior creditors. It's happened in a few cases involving J. Crew and PetSmart and Neiman Marcus, and it hasn't happened that much yet, but due to the laxity of these restricted payment and other covenants that we walk through here, uh, this kind of thing could increase when and if the economy does turn. So 
Uh, all things considered, I don't think these trends argue for higher default rates. I think default rates are going to be determined by the depth of whatever recession happens. And I do think the next recession is going to be a milder one than certainly that we had in 2008. Um, but these trends argue that for whatever defaults do take place, we're going to see much lower loan recoveries. So historically, let's say loans were recovered at 70 cents on the dollar. High yield bonds were recovered at 40. Uh, it seems to us that the loan recoveries next time are going to be much closer to the high yield recovery rates than the historical loan recovery rates. Uh, and again, that is a byproduct of the broad-based deterioration in multiple different kinds of covenant protections for leveraged loan lenders. So those are the food fights of the week. Uh, thank you for listening and uh, look forward to talking to you again later in the summer. Bye. Michael Semblis, Eye on the Market, offers a unique perspective on the economy, current events, markets, and investment portfolios, and is a production of J.P. Morgan Asset and Wealth Management. Michael Semblis is the chairman of Market and Investment Strategy for J.P. Morgan Asset Management and is one of our most renowned and provocative speakers. For more information, please subscribe to the Eye on the Market by contacting your J.P. Morgan representative. If you'd like to hear more, please explore episodes on iTunes or on our website. This podcast is intended for informational purposes only and is a communication on behalf of J.P. Morgan Institutional Investments Incorporated. Views may not be suitable for all investors and are not intended as personal investment advice or as solicitation or recommendation. Outlooks and past performance are never guarantees of future results. This is not investment research. Please read other important information which can be found at www.jpmorgan.com forward slash disclaimer dash EOTM.